Mean Old Lion Media presents the history of being black. I'm Jay Hall, and I am your new host for the history of being black. Yeah, I get it. You've been listening to the show for a while, and you're saying to yourself, probably, who is this gentleman that is gracing your ear, you know? So first of all, let me tell you, thank you. Most of you definitely appreciate it. But before I get on to telling you about the history of being black, let me just tell you a little bit about myself. So born and raised in Detroit, West Side and East Side. And before I go into particulars, let me just tell you the small story about me. So I was raised, even though I got siblings, I was raised as an only child, um, raised in the house of my mother and my grandmother. And one of the things that was very important in my neighborhood was I very much so had like a do the right thing type neighborhood where everybody knew everybody, everybody played their role. People went to work where people worked street corners, but it was a community. And one of the people that stands out is my big homie. His name was Rich. A.K. Richard, but everybody called him Rich. And Richard was just an older kid, you know, older guy who walked me to school, looked after for me, cut my grandmother's grass, just a stand-up individual. So um, one day, there was a new woman who had moved onto our block at the end of the block. I can't remember her name, but she was new to the neighborhood. And she had this boyfriend that was one day being abusive to her publicly out where everyone can see. It was already being rumored that he might be putting his hands on her, but now he was doing it in front of everybody. I mean, he was putting his hands on her right in the middle of the grass where everybody can see. And I remember sitting on my porch. It was dark outside. Now, to the left, at the end of my block, there was nothing but the drug dealers and street corner brothers. That's where they used to hang out where the basketball rim was. And they were sitting by their car, smoking, drinking. And even they started to like look down the street because we can hear the woman's pleas. I'm about maybe 10, 11 years old. At this point, Rich has been in my life for about six or seven years, since I was four. On a sudden, you start seeing Richard slowly walk down the street carrying a big old giant size broomstick. The biggest broomstick I ever seen to this day. Like, I don't know where he got this broomstick. Behind him was his brother, David. David had learned karate or kung fu from somebody. I don't know who, but he's walking down the street with nunchucks and he's just doing the whole Bruce Lee thing. Now, I'm, we all watching this and you could just hear the women on the porch because Detroit was kind of built like the way you see in the movie Boys in the Hood. We had the big old life-size porches. You can hear, get him, get him. And he's walking down the street and then he goes to the end of the block and he looks outside and he says to the guy, at this point, the woman, he's done beating on her and she's kind of cleaning up behind herself on the front lawn. He's making her clean up her own stuff. He's like, get that up, get that up, this and this and this. And he's smoking. Richard stands in front and says, did you put your hands on her? And he said, before he could open his mouth, Richard said, you touch her again. He's saying every type of Sammy Jackson word, verbiage you could think of. And he's going off on the dude. And he's like, don't you ever put your hands on this woman again. Da, 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 da. Going at her, whatever. And so the guy's talking back to Richard as if he's about to go in the house. And Richard ain't about to let him in the house. Then my mom screamed for Richard's mom. She's like, Debbie, <laughs> get rich. So Richard's mom came out. His name, her name was Debbie. And she, she screamed for Richard. And then Richard starts walking back because Debbie's mom was the only one that can get Richard to calm down. And he's walking back. And he says, I can't stand him. A punk ass man. Bitch ass man, throw the broomstick down, the broomstick shatters. And he sees me sitting right there on the third step of my grandmother's house. And he walks up to me and he says, you ever put your hands on a woman? He said, I will break your neck. Don't you ever put your hands on a woman? And he walks back into his house. So the next day and the day after that and the day after that, to make a long story short, unfortunately, the young lady, she goes back to the man. Because he wasn't living in the house, but the guy goes back living. So everybody on the block is like, mm, they, they, you know, twitching their teeth, especially the old black women of that era, just sucking their teeth. I like to call it the color purple generation. They just sucking their teeth. 
And Rich is walking me to school. And I say, yo, Rich, you know, she's she's back with the guy. You know, everybody is saying, you know, you shouldn't have done that. that you know, you were stupid or whatever. He looks at me and he says, it don't matter. None of that matters. And I just kind of understood. I tell you that story because something about that really resonates with me because I'm looking down the street and I'm seeing some of the most cheat up gangster dudes of, of the era that I'll tell you more about myself later on as we go into episodes and they did nothing, right? I'm seeing some older guys who work at the plant because that's all Detroit was. Either you work at the plant or you work on the corner and they did nothing. Richard, just a stand-up guy. This time, Richard might have been one year out of high school. Just a stand-up guy. Just a dude that believed in standing up for what was right or what he felt was right or wrong. And he was willing, doesn't matter the consequence, he didn't have to know you for a very long time. He was willing to put his life on the line for it. And that did something to me. It resonated with me within my soul. I tell you that story because that's the kind of perspective you're going to get from me. For me, when I think about the history of being Black, I think about the stories that we don't often tell. Yeah, we're going to go into this show. You're going to hear about the things that we already talked about. It's not saying we're not going to talk about the Malcolms. It's not saying we're not going to talk about the Martins. But we are going to go into a part of our history that can be beautiful. We are going to go into a part of our history that can be ugly. We're all going to go into a part of our history that some may seem shameful, but it's all going to be a learning curve of an understanding about the history being Black. It's not about just one thing. Being Black is not something that is definitive that you could just put a stamp on and say that's what it is. It's about the voices that you'll never know. It's about the young man named Richard that you never would have heard of if I didn't bring his name up right now. It's about those individuals when I think about the history of being Black. It's about my Blackness as a young Black man. And what does my voice say to when I see a Black woman in need? Do I be quiet and be silent about that? Or do I put my life on the line for someone that I don't know? And to give that understanding because I don't necessarily fault those men because they could have got hurt. Because there were stories in our neighborhood of men who came to defend women and they, they're no longer with us. But I have an empathy and I understand that because when it comes to something that you definitely believe in and your morals and your ethics, how far are you willing to take it? And what is that being about? Are you going to get a reward for it? Is it about the reward? All of that is about the history of being Black. I think about that as I talk to you. Really, at this moment, it's been leaked that the Supreme Court is, there's a draft that they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade and pretty much I don't understand what it's about white society always having this infatuation when it comes to women's bodies, especially when it comes to black women. I, we're going to talk about finances, the history of finances and the most education we had when it comes to finances. Like for myself personally, I got a first step in education when I decided I wanted to go to Howard University in Washington, D.C., because I had to figure it out. Because up until that point, the people who were older to me, my parents and those that raised me, they just paid bills. But that doesn't mean we have an understanding of finances until we in it. So here I am risking it all, taking in these loans to go to school. And it's going to hurt me in the end because of the lack of what I didn't have. But I'm trying to achieve to get this education that society is telling me that I need to have just to be present. And even with that, that doesn't guarantee me to be, quote unquote, successful or financially secure. We're going to have those conversations about finances and what we're going to do and how can we have those conversations and what can we do for the betterment of ourselves. We're going to talk about education within itself. We're going to have those conversations about is the education system, is it filling us as a people, Black education, the whole conversation that people talk about of will we better when we were segregated or is that just a myth? 
we're going to talk about the Black Wall Street and the times where we showed that we can actually stand on our own as a community, but how those communities were wiped out. We're going to have all those kind of conversations as I sit here and I'll talk to you. And we're definitely going to get into the sexism of it all. We're definitely going to have the conversation of the Cam Newtons who talk about women not wanting to be silent and then come back later on and say, hey, I meant that both sexes don't know how to be quiet. But we know what you meant from the beginning because you articulated well. You said your point well. What is it about black men when it comes to having these platforms of screaming when it comes to saying that black women should behave a certain type of way? What What is this um, growing manology or um, whatever the term is called when it comes manosphere that is now growing and black men being a part of that? Why is it that black women who have become the leaders of our communities when black fathers were not there through systematic racism and 94 crime bill and all of these things that were passed to separate our homes. Why were black women successful leaders then? But you're telling me they can't be successful leaders now. Why is that? All of those conversations we're going to have, and some of them are going to be tough. Some of them are going to be ugly and some are going to be fun. We might talk about something as simple as block parties and what that did. Growing up where I was coming from, a block party was everything. It squashed beefs, <laughs> all of those things. And we're definitely going to talk about the hip hop genre and what it did, how hip hop saved my life, how hip hop saved a lot of other people's lives. All of that we're going to get into when it comes to history being black. Hopefully when you hear what I say a little bit about myself, you get to know me and know where I stand and know what you're in for. You get to understand that you're going to have a conversation with an individual that's going to be open, objective, but also honest. And uh, listen, the first step you're going to know about me, if it's something I don't know, I am going to ask. So, yes, much so appreciate you joining us right now and hearing me in that. And I want to introduce myself again. I'm Jay Hall. And I hope that you tune in to the episodes that we have for History Being Black because we're going to have guests. I'm going to keep a whisper on who those guests are going to be now, but trust me, a lot of those guests are people you're going to hit a point of view. And we're also going to hit the people that you may not be so sure about who they are, but what they have to talk about is going to be important. And if you're not black, but you want to know about the history of being black, we invite you too. But just know you're getting our perspective because it's a platform for our voices and our time and who we are in this here America, United States, right? So yeah, thank you very much. Make sure you join me in the meanwhile at J Hall Society here on all of my social media platforms, J Hall Society. Make sure you join the IG platform that is the history of being black to keep up to date on episodes that are coming in. And also, if you got any questions or anything that you want to have a conversation about, make sure that you hit us on the comment section below those IG pages and let us know what you want to hear from. Let us know what guests that you want to come onto the show. This invitation is open to everyone who is interested in this because we're about black progress and black voices. All right. So thank you very much for your time. Much so appreciate it. Follow all those platforms at J-Hall Society and the History Being Black on IG. And we'll make sure we talk to you soon. The History of Being Black is hosted by Jay Hall. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the History of Being Black podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. Find the History of Being Black podcast on IG at The History of Being Black. Follow the Mean O-Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean O-Line Media. Get the Mean O-Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The History of Being Black podcast is a mean old line media production.